0: Sister Carolyn and all those that are out. Let's go before him. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing, God. How your hands been upon us, Jesus. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to touch these needs, Lord, that we've mentioned here tonight. And those that are unspoken, God, you know every situation. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus, God, that the healing virtue, God, will continue to flow through their bodies, Lord, that you restore them and raise them up, God for your will to be done in their lives. God, we give you the praise, bless the sovereign for your kingdom tonight in this service. God, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord tonight as Kids Church is dismissed. you Jesus we thank you Jesus amen as we are standing we can go to the word of the Lord tonight Matthew 5 we'll start reading verse 13 amen Bible says uh, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt is lost his savor wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men you are the light of the world, a city is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And so let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. We're thankful for the word of God, the word that Jesus spoke to us. And so we want to try to uh, apply that in our lives. Amen. Greet a few people as you're seated this evening. Amen. We we began this series last week, uh, the beginning and the ending, uh, talking about uh, really Jesus's first uh, message here on earth as uh, as a man, Uh, his his first sermon really to uh, uh, his first public address uh, and and looking at the words, the things that he says, uh, obviously everything he says is is Crucial and very important, but uh, it's very interesting as we started looking into last week. Just the the very first words that he was came out of his mouth um, were were what we know as the Beatitudes in Matthew five, where it begins there. Um, and the very first things he said was, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." A- and we kind of uh, went through last week the Beatitudes, what we known as uh, really we can kind of refer to them as the blessings because uh, the Beatitude is, is not found in the, in, in the Bible. It is, is a Latin word that uh, is transferred as, as blessed. And so he, he, he starts off his, his first sermon to mankind through his own voice, uh, as blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, and we, we kind of went through those last week, the Beatitudes, and uh, asked uh, you to uh, give yourself a, a grade on those. Is that, that can be used as a, a progress report, uh, a report card for our spiritual walk with, with him as a disciple. Those Beatitudes are something that we should uh, not just listen to or quote or, or know where to reference them, but they are uh, principles and they are uh, ways that we should be living and, and striving to apply the, those principles in our life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so some are maybe seem to be a little bit easier to do than others, but uh, we, we can't pick and choose which ones we like and which ones we're good at. We all have to do them. Uh, every single one of them, uh, and because those things are a lifelong pursuit, is to be able to start in the beginning of your walk with Jesus and and, and, and read and understand the Beatitudes, but also towards the end of your life and end of your walk, uh, and, and when God is done with you, that... Uh, hopefully that we can look back and uh, again read back over the Beatitudes and, and say man I've, I've you know checking those things off as we likened it unto a syllabus for a course uh, in the beginning you're, you're, you're told the synopsis or, or the outline of, of what is expected in the course to do and at the end the final exam is going to be again on on all of that and so uh, it begins with the Beatitudes um, and how all the, those that are blessed, uh, according to what Jesus is speaking here. And, and keep in mind the context of it all is uh, he is Israel is is uh, a nation. Um, they are sadly they are entrenched in, in traditions and and, and uh, their own ways and interpretations of doing things that kind of get you away from the, 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 the meanings of things that uh, Jesus uh, is addressing here and um, not necessarily addressing uh, uh, pointfully, but he's, he's also introducing the, uh, the spirit behind it, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit behind the law, what it really uh, means to follow the law by the letter of the law. And even when there's uh, the the law doesn't speak it or, or specifically address things, uh, the spirit of the law should uh, speak to it as well. Uh, and so, really, he's uh, kind of going tongue in cheek uh, against the Pharisees of the day because they were the religious professionals. Uh, they were the ones who were kind of ruling over uh, the, the 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 tabernacle, the the sanctuary, the the services the religious services if you will and so he begins to uh, teach uh, and, and, and address the issues of the day and uh, I'm thankful that he, he just doesn't uh, just went with the flow but he decided to say no this is what it really means and what you really need to do and we're going to get into more of that today uh, tonight um, as we cover the Beatitudes last week the blessings And uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, starts that off. Uh, And so we have to have nothing inside of us. We have to literally be poor in our spirit because we have no desire for anything else uh, except the kingdom of God and righteousness. And if we desire those things, we shall be filled. And uh, if you have the kingdom of heaven, really, that's the beginning point of it all, the introduction of it all. Because if you are found in the kingdom of heaven, then you're going to have everything you need, right? If you make it into heaven, you don't, you don't, you're not gonna be worried about. Well, is this need gonna be met, or, or, am I gonna find this, or I've been missing this? No. If you make it into the kingdom of heaven, all your answers, all your problems just gone, went away, right? I'm thankful that uh, he even describes that There's no more tears in heaven, no more pain, no more sorrow. Uh, we just need to get to heaven, right? And everything will be taken care of. We don't gotta worry about anything else. Uh, but he gives us the roadmap to get to those places. The everything that we desire uh, and, and strive for here can be found in the kingdom of heaven. But you got to be poor in spirit, and then you're going to get in there. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, he he continues on. Blessed are the meek, and uh, they shall inherit the earth. And hung, those who are hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. And all of these things. And I don't think there's any argument or Or, or, uh, really a a discussion that needs to take place about the Beatitudes because I think we can all, all all agree on, hey, those all, those all sounds good and we all, uh, we all want that and we all want to be blessed. Uh, and so he, he starts off his, his, his sermon, if you will, uh, with the Beatitudes, all the good things, the blessings, blessed are they that this and this and this and, uh, uh, he talks about uh, addressing the here and now, but also uh, things that are t- in the future. Uh, the kingdom of heaven, obviously, is a is a future event, speaking of, spoken of, um, uh, and so we'll have those uh, blessings here and now, but also the things that are are yet to come. Uh, and so he, he starts off with the the good things of of describing what. The righteousness of God kind of looks like, and how it plays out in our life, and uh, these these things that we need to, to 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 adhere to. Blessed are ye when ye shall revile, when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say manner evil against you, falsely for my sake. And rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Uh, because they persecuted the prophets, and so that went before us, and so. Uh, we're nobody special when it comes to persecution or really anything, because uh, that has been happening for a long, long time, way before we ever showed up on the scene. And so, if and when we do become, uh, we are persecuted. Uh, we can't really—he's saying—don't take it personal because it happens to everybody that's going to be following and giving their life to Jesus Christ. Will face it at some point. Uh, he says, actually, to rejoice. Not to get mad, not to get upset, not to bite back or get bitter against the persecution or uh, the persecutor. But he says rejoice because somehow you are found worthy to be persecuted. Uh, that's, that's quite the interpretation is to I'm found worthy to be persecuted as opposed to uh, focusing on the actual persecution with the mindset that i am found worthy to be persecuted. That's that's how you're going to get through the persecution with that type of mindset that uh, we are found worthy to be persecuted. And so uh, we, we love the, the Beatitudes, the blessing part. We all want the blessings and uh, the, the heavenly aspects and all of those things. And as he he starts off his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes, but then he begins to move on uh, towards more of, uh, instead of describing, uh, the aspects of righteousness, we'll get into the, the nitty gritty tonight, but, uh, not just, uh, the good, uh, sounding things, but also how it plays out in our life. Uh, and so we, we want to hear about the blessings and, 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 and how we can achieve those things, but, uh, when he really gets down to the road where the rubber meets the road, Uh, of how it really starts to live out and and, and affect our daily life. And so after the Beatitudes uh, finish in verse 12, he goes into talking about we are the salt of uh, of the earth, and if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith it shall be salted. And so if we are going to hunger and thirst after righteousness, we are striving for something that this world does not seek after. Uh, the world seeks after their own lusts, their own carnal desires, and and so if we are seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and, and we, the, he said we shall be filled, we're going to experience that in our life if we are striving for righteousness, it, we're going to achieve it somehow. We're going to find it in our lives, and we know it's not of our own ability because we know that. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so the righteousness that we inherit, that we get, that that manifests in our life is not our own, but it's his. Because we are striving to be like him and striving for the things that are in heaven to, to be manifested in our life. And so if we hunger and thirst after that, we will be filled with his righteousness. And we will stand out, stand apart from this world because we will have and possess something that this world does not have. Uh, and, so, and that is uh, the righteousness and the, the spirit of God. And so when we have that, uh, we become the salt of the earth. We become, uh, we, we stand out and we, uh, we, we are different from everyone around us. Uh, and, and so we, we deal with salt on a daily basis if we, we, we sprinkle it on our food and what it is to do it. It, it adds flavor to whatever it's put on it. It magnifies the, the taste uh, in, in the food. And so, Uh, What we are uh, as the salt of this world, what we don't we're not going to be magnifying ourselves, but we're magnifying what's inside of us. And that is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, all of these things uh, as the salt of the earth. That is what we are enhancing in this world is not us, but it's of him and that new nature that comes inside of us. And so uh, if you sprinkle. Uh, salt on something—it's going to have an impact on it, and so we are impacted by the Holy Ghost in our lives. And so, everywhere we go, if we begin to to, to, to plant the seed, to to sprinkle some salt a, a, around us, we're going to have an impact on our neighborhood, on our friends and family members, uh, and eventually, uh, it's it's going to have uh, a, a bigger impact. And so, you can't put salt on something and it 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 has no effect the only way that does that is if jesus says salt if it's lost its savor uh then it becomes worthless The, the 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 properties that salt has if it becomes uh watered down uh it loses that potency that it has uh and so who wants who wants uh i don't know who wants salt that doesn't have its savor nobody wants it i mean you might as well just pick up dirt and sprinkle it on there, right? So nobody wants uh, unsavored salt. Uh, and so that, again, begins uh, to, to emphasize how, we, how much we stand out from the world and how much we are to stand out from the world. Uh, and if, if we aren't standing out, uh, then we are losing our savor, uh, and losing our potency, and we're giving in to the things of the world or desires of the flesh, all of these things of, uh, of, of, of this world that we are to be rejecting and, and, and standing apart, uh, the more of that we allow in, the, the less potent we become as a believer and as a salt of the world. And so not only does it add uh, flavor to things, but if you uh, eat salty things, what, is that, what does that in turn do to you? It makes you thirsty, right? It, it creates a thirst. Uh, and so as the salt of the world, uh, if we are doing our part, uh, speaking uh, good things of the kingdom and, and uh, being a, a witness everywhere we go, we should be uh, creating a thirst uh, with those around us Uh planting the seeds of the Word of God and and the more of the, the impact that we're having of our of our community and our friends and family members those that are not in the in the church uh, the more that we are like Jesus the more that we will create a thirst around us because we are, the salt of the world. And so that's the the purpose of, of us, is trying to draw people to Jesus. Uh, obviously, the Spirit draws people, but we are to be that vessel uh, to where, where we connect with that person, and, and the Lord uses us and works through us. Uh, and so uh, we're to uh, magnify what God is doing in our lives and to create a thirst around us for for that righteousness, uh, we are. God wants to bless our life so much that people look at us and say, "That's what I want." I want that. I, whatever they have, they stand out so much, and they they have smiles on their face. Even the even the crazy things of the world that are going on, they're not they're not dis- they're not shaken up by them. They're not they're not downtrodden by them. But no, they are still standing upright. They're smiling, walking through this world, and they they we're we're standing out. And, and And if we're doing what we are called to do, we're just going to stand out like that, and we're going to create that hunger and thirst uh, by those around us. And so. Uh, what also what it does, salt, is it preserves. Uh, if you get some beef jerky uh, loaded with sodium, right, uh, it's good. It, it preserves that, that meat, the, the, able to uh, last a long time. And so uh, we, God is going to, pr- his righteousness will pr- preserve us in this world uh, so that we can resist uh, the corruption the uh, deterioration and the, the, the molding and the breaking down uh, of all that. The more salt that we have, the more of God that we have, the less of an influence this world has on us. Uh, and so that is uh, Jesus is talking, uh, goes through the Beatitudes, all the blessings, and he, and he hits it. And, and he, he brings it together with us being the salt. And he goes on to talk about in the like manner of being the light of the world, uh, a city that is on a hill cannot be hid. Uh, and so we don't hide, hide the lights, but we, we want uh, the light to fill the room as much as we can. And so uh, those that are following and, and living the beatitudes, the blessings, and striving for those things, we're going to become uh, the salt and the light of the world. And we're going to stand out uh, from the rest of this world. And so the light helps us to see clearly in the dark place, this dark world, uh, as the Bible says, uh, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Uh, and so we are to be, a, uh, as it illuminates our path and shows us where to walk and how to live, uh, we're also being a light for somebody else uh, that they can draw to us and say, hey, I need, a, I, need, I, need, I need to come to you and see what you are doing. Again, the salt side, the light side it's all the same. It's because of what has happened inside of us, and we're allowing God to use us. And so, uh, uh, following uh, the beatitudes and the blessings, uh, we are we get blessed, but also we can become a blessing to those around us, uh, and that's really the purpose of it all. Because uh, uh, unless God Himself directed you here to the truth, um, which which happens the majority of people probably were invited somehow by somebody else. Uh, our life was impacted uh, by somebody else that was being the light and being the salt. And uh, would that, that impacted and, and affected us uh, or our families some at some point in history. And so uh, that is really the purpose of it all. It's not for us to hold all, all of our blessings and say how blessed we are. No, it's to have that impact on those around us to draw them. And so... Uh, he, he then transitioned, in, in verse 17, he begins the talking about uh, how he hasn't, he's not come here to destroy the law or the prophets, uh, but he's come to fulfill it, he's come to reveal really uh, how you really fulfill the law, how you really live by the law, and uh, the law has been in Israel for, for thousands of years, and uh, they, they know the law, the law of Moses, and uh, they know it so much that it, 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 in, in, in one aspect it's lost its savor uh, uh, because uh, they, the meaning of it has, has been lost through traditions and they begin to add things to it as the, uh, the Pharisees and, uh, at, begin to twist and, and add their own uh, interpretations and, and add on to it. And so he's, he's, in, he's saying, hey, I'm not here to teach anything new. I'm here to really actually reveal how we should all be living uh, uh, up until now. And so uh, it's uh, verse 18. He talks about uh, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Uh, and so, he, again, he's not, he's not here to shake up the system. He's really to reveal it all in uh, that truth, that revelation Will actually shake the system because the system has gotten out of out of out of it's gotten misplaced. It's it's out of sync with what God has uh, the true meaning of it all. Uh, and so, uh, just by Him revealing the, the the truth behind it, is actually going to cause uh, the shakeup. But it's due it's because they got off track, um, and, and throughout the years they got more concerned about the traditions rather than the laws and the spirit behind it all. And and so they, uh, he's not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. Uh, And so uh, obviously one jot means, uh, a jot is the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet, uh, and a tittle is like an accent. Uh, So the smallest markings in the law uh, will not even pass away until it's all fulfilled. That's that's why he, he talks about, he, he brings that up to brings, uh, he says that to issue the importance of, of the law itself. Uh, it's so important that even the smallest little marking is going to be fulfilled. So he didn't come to, uh, put all that away. He came to fulfill it all. And, and so, uh, and now in verse 20, he begins to really kind to, uh, tongue in cheek, uh, address what is happening the situation in the law and and the Pharisees he says for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven now why does he say this he says this because uh the Pharisees and the scribes uh prounce around and and Thinking that they are so righteous that they have fulfilled every jot, every tittle of the law, they have, they have done everything. They live their life by the law, uh, and, and they are so much better than everyone else because they proudly uh, walk around thinking and, and trying to show everyone how righteous they are and how they fulfill everything. And and he here, right here, he says, "Unless your righteousness." surpasses the righteousness of the the Pharisees uh, you're not going to get to heaven so what he's saying is the Pharisees righteousness is not going to get them in as righteous as they think they are uh, they still have to go further Uh, and and we know that we we cannot do that on our own we we need the righteousness of Jesus Christ in order to get into heaven where he clothes us with his righteousness because I don't want to be judged by my righteousness Uh, and so here he is attacking the, uh, what the, the, uh, the perversion that has happened in the law uh, by the Pharisees. Um, and he, he says, whatever you guys think you have, it is not going to be good enough because your righteousness has to supersede whatever is on display right here. And the only way that you're going to do that as you go back to the Beatitudes, you got to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You got to uh, seek God and, and and be poor in spirit and all be merciful and all these things. Uh, this is this is him uh, uh, fleshing out the Beatitudes, how it's going to start coming down into our lives and impact our lives. Uh, and so, not just to get around and and build a, a, a church or a doctrine around the Beatitudes ever. That's all great, but. Uh, let's get down to where it talks about where it really has an impact on our life and where he's addressing the issues of the day and, and he's uh, showing them how things need, really need to be interpreted as opposed to people, their loss and their traditions and their habits. Uh, and as much as we can point fingers at the Pharisees and and how they are doing their own things and how Jesus confronts them, we too can be get caught up in our own traditions and caught up in our own ways of doing things that, 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 are, that, are, that take us away from what God is really wanting to do and take away from the meanings and the spirit behind it all. Uh, and so if, if it can happen to the Pharisees who can quote the law from front to back, it can happen to us, I mean, who can quote Acts 238, right? Uh and so uh, again it's not it's not about quoting the scripture, but it's about living it out in our lives and letting God's righteousness uh have an impact on us so that we can change our set. it can change us and we can change uh the world around us. Uh and so and he begins here talking about as he's addressing the the Pharisees and the righteousness, the leaders of the day, uh And in verse 21, it begins to talk about, he says, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, and whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Uh, so again, he's 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 addressing the law, he's quoting the law, but he's also saying this is really how you really fulfill it. Uh, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit behind it. Uh, and so he, he goes from just what the law says about murdering the act the physical act of murdering and he takes it to another level because again your righteousness needs to supersede the righteousness of the Pharisees. The Pharisees are living and dying by uh, murder uh, but he's saying hey uh, the, the righteousness in heaven uh, says that uh, talking down uh, uh, to your brother or your sister your words can be just as harmful to somebody as the act of, of murder. Obviously, murder uh, is the ultimate act, uh, but your or your words have has has power to, to cause such pain in somebody's hive. It, it can rip somebody's heart out just by the words you say. Uh, and so, again, Jesus is is raising the bar uh, because. Uh, the the Pharisees have, have have made such a big issue about here's the here's where the bar is and we're 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 living by it and we're we we are surpassing that but Jesus says hey actually the bar is way up here uh, and so again if you're living by the beatitudes you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna experience the righteousness that God uh, is teaching here uh, and so uh, he says therefore. If thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother uh, hath ought against thee, leave thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. Uh, and so you can see how uh, people would, would come to the temple uh, with, with hatred in their heart towards their neighbor, towards their brother, or whoever, somebody. But yet they're still, but they're they're offering the gift. Well, I, I haven't killed him, so I can still offer this sacrifice. God's still going to accept my sacrifice, even though I hate my brother. I haven't killed him. Uh, you know, you, you can imagine how much hatred was probably in the Pharisees' heart towards everybody. But yet they would come and offer their, their gifts, their sacrifice unto the Lord because they said, Well, I haven't killed him, so I haven't sinned. And Jesus is actually saying, Well, actually, you pretty much just killed them with your, with your spirit, with your words. Uh, and so uh, what does he say? He says if you remember that you're in an argument or there's, there's dissension, uh, dissent between you and somebody else in the, in the body, uh, your, 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 your gift, your sacrifice is not going to do any good until you go fix that relationship with somebody uh, because God's more concerned about that relationship than he is with with uh, an offering with a dollar bill or whatever whatever it is that people offer up. And so uh, again, this is kind of uh, plays out one of the beatitudes, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you want your sacrifice, your offering accepted, you got to be merciful. and or if you want God to be merciful to you. Uh, again, so here, here is that, beati- that specific beatitude just kind of being spelled out in a different way. Uh, and, and so uh, whoever is angry with his brother, uh, you better get that fixed. You got to be merciful. Whether it's your fault or not or, or whatever happened, we got to learn to be merciful and forgive if we want forgiveness. Uh, and so uh, we, we see that uh, he says, agree with thy adversary quickly. Uh, he wants. God is more concerned about reconciliation than he is about the details. Uh, he wants things to be healed and, and restored, uh, because again, what is, that's exactly what he did for us. He reconciled us. We we don't deserve to be here, but yet God gave us, showed us mercy, and says, "Hey, why don't you come? And let's work things out." Uh, and so, who are we to withhold mercy? If we don't, if we're not merciful, then we're not going to obtain mercy. If we don't show forgiveness, we're not going to get forgiveness. Uh, and so, uh, he wants things to be worked out. Uh, that is what the way the kingdom of heaven works. Again, if somebody has hate in their heart towards their brother, they're not going to get a pass to heaven. Right? I mean. Even it doesn't matter if you, you checked all the boxes off. I did all these things. If you have hate in your, there's no hatred in heaven, right. right? Everyone loves each other. We're all one one body, one spirit. And so, if you have hatred in your heart towards your brother, how are you gonna make, how are you gonna fit in heaven? You don't. You're gonna stand out like a splinter. You're gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, and so, uh, it doesn't matter. You've checked all the boxes and living by the letter. No, Jesus is saying righteousness the bar is raised here i'm raising the bar actually revealing what the real standard is uh and so that is to follow the beatitudes and live them out uh and this is how it is displayed uh in your life in your life and so uh he goes on to say um you have heard it was said by them of old time thou shalt not commit adultery but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And so again, he's he's raising the bar. Uh, and so here's another uh, another beatitude playing out. What did he, what did he say in verse eight? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And here he's he's addressing the purity, purity of your heart. Doesn't matter. Uh, the physical act of adultery, that's not in play uh, because if you lust on a woman in your heart, you don't have a pure heart and you're not going to see God according to what he just said in verse 8. And so here again, he's, he, he's hitting it on issues of the day uh, and how he's really getting down on their level uh, because everyone wants to be uh, blessed are the pure heart for they shall see God. Yeah, we can all celebrate and yeah, that's great. We want that. Uh, but now talking about uh, lusting after woman just by thinking about it, and now all of a sudden your heart is not pure. Now we're really getting down to uh, where the rubber meets the road, and, and so uh, that's the power of of uh, of the righteousness that Jesus is teaching. Again, you got to be pure in heart if you're going to be in heaven. You can't you can't be up in heaven and looking around and lusting after people, right? That all that's got to be worked out down here, before you get up there, because there ain't none of that going to be happening up there. Uh, and so uh, Jesus is here teaching the the, the ways of the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, he's introducing all of these things of how really it means to be a disciple and a follower of him and, and his teachings. And so he's coming to reveal it all uh, to uh, those that are hungry and desire. Uh, for that and so he continues on talking about if thy right eye offend thee pluck it out cast it from thee or it is more profitable that one of thy members should perish uh, and, and not that the whole body should be cast in the hell uh, again he's, Jesus is saying it's so it's so important to to get figure all this out that whatever whatever is 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 a is a, is a trap whatever is is an offense to you whatever Whatever sets you off, you need to figure that out because uh, it's it's better to, to cut that out of your life than for your whole your whole body and soul to go to hell because of this one little offense. Uh, and and obviously talking about the eye um, and, and the hand, you know that can be interpreted to you know your what you see after what you're lusting after. And so if you're blind, you're not going to be lusting after things, right? At least with what you see. Uh, and, and so. Uh, again, whatever it takes to, to get into heaven, he, he's saying it's it's gonna be worth it. Whatever whatever offenses in your life, uh, you need to you need to work that out with whoever it is. Doesn't matter who they are if they're in church or not. Uh, you gotta you gotta make sure that your heart is pure and clean because you're not gonna make it into heaven. You're not going to see God because blessed are the pure in heart. And so every little offense, every whatever it is, uh, we should we should be the point where where nothing offends us, right? because we got everything out of our heart, everything out of our we're not holding anything back inside of us uh, that can offend it. as, as, as Jesus uh, near the end of his time, he told his, the disciples that the, the devil, uh, he's coming for me, he and there's nothing in me. He's like my heart is pure and clean. He can't, he can't prod me. He can't poke me. He can't, he can't d- say things to get me to react because my heart is clean and pure, and there's nothing in me that is going to cause offense that I'm going to lose my Holy Ghost uh, uh, for. And so that is what we have to strive for. And again, he in verse 31, he's he's uh, going line by line. Where they are living, the things that they're dealing with in their life and their culture, and the, even though it's the, the people of God, they can still get things wrong and twisted. Uh, verse 31 it has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Uh he's addressing one of the issues that they were dealing with uh is because uh they they would just they would uh divorce for for whatever reason. It's kinda like nowadays. It's like he's speaking in 2023. You just divorce because you had a bad uh, a bad day and let's go get a divorce. Uh and uh you know it was Moses, not that Moses permitted it, but they're they were already they're already divorcing people left and right, and so he tried to confine it a little bit. Uh, but really, the the true we we really see this is God. This is not Moses speaking. This is not a prophet speaking. This is God Himself speaking. And so this is how important marriage is to Jesus to God. Uh, he says, uh, you know, divorcing. Your, your spouse, for whatever reason, is, is not good enough. Uh, he says, re- really, the only reason for divorce is adultery, committing adultery, uh, and fornication, obviously, same, you know, same sexual kind of sins. You're, you're unfaithful to your spouse, uh, and so uh, that is really the only justified reason for divorce in the eyes of God as he speaks here. Uh, and if, if you divorce uh, just because you had a bad day and getting divorced, he says uh, you're going to be living in adultery because you didn't divorce properly. And, and there's a whole, it's a whole other Bible study getting into all that about uh, marriage and divorce and all those things. And so, uh, again, uh, he, the real reason behind this was is too many of, of them were just using this. Using the divorce uh, for their own selfish reasons. Well, she cooked a bad meal. Uh, I'm going to divorce her and go get a new wife. You know, uh, I mean, we laugh, but this is how silly it was in the day. Where in, in the eyes of God, they're just divorcing for whatever reason. Uh, you know, uh, and so like nowadays, they divorce for whatever reason. Uh, and and Jesus, uh, really, the the. If, if Jesus is all about reconciliation and, and, and restoring and healing, uh, then the, the D word shouldn't really ever be mentioned, right? I, obviously, unless for that one, that one reason that Jesus gives, uh, the divorce should never even come up. Uh, and so because we're to rec- – if we can't uh, – if a husband and wife can't reconcile an argument, uh, how are we going to stand before God and reconcile our soul, you know? Our soul consists of our whole entire life and all the bad things we did, and we can get in an argument with our wife over, or our husband over over one thing, and that can cause a huge, uh, an argument to cause uh, eventually a divorce or whatever. Uh, imagine trying to argue your argue your case in the court of God for your soul if we can't figure ourselves out. Uh, again, the bar is raised here. It's not. I guess it's, the bar is not really raised. The bar is just revealed. The standard is revealed. This is what God is really looking for. And uh, musicians, if you would come. And, and so uh, here he's addressing all of these uh, things. Uh, he got their attention with the beatitudes and the blessings, all these things. But now he's really hitting home where uh, where they are living. And so because he wants them all to be saved, he wants everyone to be saved, and he's uh, telling people how it is that we need to live. And so, and then he starts moving into uh, verse 33, talking about uh, taking a a swearing, um, not curse words, but taking an oath. In verse 33, again, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths, but I say unto you, swear not at all, uh, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Uh, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou cannot make one hair white or black, uh, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever, whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And he's really, uh, this is really interesting because you know, you know, we we say you know, promise me you're going to do that, or let's make a you know, pinky promise, or let's make a contract, or, or swear an oath, as they say, you know. And obviously, the court of law, you, you put your hand on the Bible and swear you'll tell the truth, uh, and, and they still lie anyways. Uh, uh, and so the Bible really becomes meaningless in a godless society, right? That's just a a, a thing that. Actually meant something back in the day, but now it seems like it doesn't mean anything. If uh, and so what Jesus is saying here, he said there really there there really should be no need for you to make an oath or make us a swear an oath or a, a promise or say I promise I'll do this, because he Jesus is saying your word should be good, whatever you say you should do. Uh, you don't need live your life like you don't have to you don't have to pinky promise because you know that they're going to do it. You don't have to get them to the sign the dotted line because they said it and they know they're going to do it. Uh, and so that is way uh, how you build trust in your life and your walk that if you if you say you're going to do it, then do it. Uh, and so you don't need you don't need to put your hand on the Bible and, and say you'll swear to tell the truth because you tell the truth all the time. Right. It's like uh, these. These. Uh, Taking an oath or taking a uh, uh, swearing by something—it's almost like you're confessing that you don't always tell the truth, right? If you always told the truth, you don't really need to do it. I know it's a—it's a formality in the, in our court systems. Sadly, it's just a formality. Uh, uh, but uh, if you if you are uh, if you do take an oath, isn't that saying that? I don't always tell the truth or I always don't do the truth. Again, Jesus has said, let yea be yea and nay be nay. Whatever you say, just do it. Uh, And um, whatever is more than these uh, come with evil because then they start twisting words and technicalities and then your little one-page document becomes a 500-page contract because the lawyers get involved and they want to make everything a little muddy and, and, and not as clear. And again, that just let yay be yay, nay be nay. It uh, doesn't need to be any more than that. You stand with me tonight. So we are still in, obviously, the, the first sermon uh, of Jesus. And we're getting down to where he's really uh, getting on their level uh, of living right and revealing what God is actually asking of his followers to do uh, and he, he will finish out here on this, uh, this section of and verse 38 says you have heard that it has been said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but I say unto you that ye resist not evil but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek turn to him the other also If any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Uh, And so, uh, obviously, this, this is really impactful because you know, if somebody hits you, you want to hit them back, you know, or if somebody comes after you, you want to you wanna come after them, I'll get you, you come at me like that, or I'll come at you like that, you're going to sue me, well, I'll, I'll sue you back, and, and uh, again, uh, nothing in there talks about, it, it is about reconciliation, because at some point, it has to stop, right, uh, some... Somebody hits me, I hit them back. They hit me, I hit them back. At what point does it stop? It stops when somebody doesn't hit back. Uh, that changes everything when somebody doesn't respond in the like manner that they are have been uh, affected. And so we don't respond evil with evil, but we respond evil with good. And, uh, and anger is not a good thing, right? Uh, we respond with, with peace, love, and joy, and, and mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Uh, and so, uh, if, if they, he goes on to say, if, they, if they're they suing you for your jacket, go ahead and wrap it up and give it to them in a nice package. Give them an extra jacket. I'll, again, kill them with kindness. Uh, you don't want to uh, get back at them or, or begrudgingly towards them. Uh, if someone takes a, a unfair advantage of you, you uh, don't respond and, and blow up on them. Uh, you just give it to them and say, let God deal with it, right? Again, this is, this is a lot easier to say than, than living in the moment, right? Uh, and that's why we have to uh, really know what Jesus is trying to teach here and reveal of, of how we are, we are to act in these situations because he knows that they're going to come. Uh, uh, Offenses shall come They will come Uh, We've all been offended many times And we're still going to be offended Uh, Offenses will come And it's a matter of we're going to take the bait or not And so working out these beatitudes in our life The the kingdom principles uh, To get all of these things uh, Out of our lives So that when these things happen We respond the way Jesus responded If anyone If anyone had the reason and was righteous right standing to respond and act it was Jesus because he was sinless he was perfect and what happened to him he was beaten he was crucified he was whipped he was tortured if anyone who could speak up and defend himself he was the one who did who could and what did he do he didn't he didn't do any he didn't fight back like that he said, I'm going to win it in a different way. And we can, we can engage in the battle and the, the, the argument, whatever it is, or we can say, I'm going to win this thing another way, and the other way is always God's way. And that is making sure we know the Word of God and responding to the Word of God so that we uh, can see God. Again, uh, getting, uh, getting in that tussle of somebody, uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What did he just say earlier? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Do you want to be called a child of God? Well, when that when that hit comes, you can't hit them back. If you hit them back, then they're 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 not gonna call you a child of God, right? Uh, so again, uh, these are hard words and hard principles to live out, and that's that's why it's a lifelong thing. We're gonna. Well, we'll go to the grave still not accomplishing this, but God's going to give us credit if we live accordingly uh, and apply his righteousness to us. And so uh, I don't want to go through. Uh, life living my way uh, doing things or my traditions or habits or get caught up in the the twistedness of of, of how it can work. Uh, I want to make sure I'm living by the kingdom principles and the beatitudes and the blessings let them play out in my life because not only it's going to impact me but it's going to impact my family and those all around me and and we'll be an example and a light and a salt in this world for what God is wanting to do. Why? Because We know that God's will is going to be done no matter what. So we might as well submit ourselves and say, God, let your will be done in me. Even though I don't like it, even though it goes against what I'm thinking or my carnality and my flesh. That's why we got to get all that out of the way, get all that out of our heart. Uh, And so we want to see God's uh, kingdom come and his will be done. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight as we close out this service thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Lord. Help us to live by these. Help us to live, God, the beatitudes, the blessings be manifested in our life, God. A lot easier said than done, but with your help, we can do it, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. Lord, that you've showed us, God. Help us, Lord, to show that to others. God, that if we be merciful, we shall obtain mercy. Hallelujah, Lord, because we know that we need it. Amen. When somebody gives us a hard time, this is what Jesus is really trying to teach us. When somebody gives us a hard time, let them bring out the best in you. And not the worst. And the best in us is the Holy Ghost, right? The Spirit of God. And so when hard times come, our flesh wants to pour out and respond. That's the worst in us. But when hard times come, it should let the best of us come out. And that's what's going to be love, grace, mercy, peace. That's the best inside of us. And that is what we need to learn how to control and release when things come our way, uh, because instead of reacting with our flesh and, and carnality, uh, they're not seeing the good, the goodness inside of us. They're seeing whatever what they see in everybody else. But if we are the salt and the light, when the hard times come, we're gonna let the best out of us. And that's probably gonna mean that we're, our, we're not gonna win the argument, uh, our will's not gonna be done, that we're gonna get hurt or offended and all these things, but that's okay. We're going to let the best out of us and let God take notes and God's will to be done. Amen. God bless you all. Let's go and be uh, the peacemakers for we will be called the children of God.